gentlemen, welcome to another installment of your favorite podcast. I know it's mine. Uh, that is Heel Section, and I'm joined by now, Mike. This is a big episode. We are how do I put this? We are going to be joined very soon by excellence in the wrestling ring. The whole world on his shoulders. That's a big name to fill, Atlas. Absolutely. You know, I I keep wondering, and I was thinking, before we actually ask him this question, I was like, is this kid going to do an Atlas shrug in the middle of his matches? Because I feel like that would go over so well. Should just come out carrying a big globe on his back, I guess, at that point. (laughs) 100%. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited to bring on the most recent recipient of the Rookie of the Year out here uh, as presented by SoCal Uncensored. Uh, we couldn't be happier here to bring on one, Jake Atlas, Santino Brothers' very own. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing really good. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, any opportunity I can to talk, uh, get to know other people, is really cool. So thank you. You say that now, but let's wait and see how that uh, feels by the end of the podcast. Jake, this is an important question I have to ask, though. When we're talking about rookies of the year, do you feel that you'll be able to bring back some legitimacy to, like, the actual name of rookie of the year? Because it, like, I I forget who won it last year, but I know that they just tarnished the name of it entirely. Um, Well, I really hope Brody... Hears this, Brody King, who's a big monster, and just goes after you for having said that. Oh, hold on, <laughs> but, my, uh, my wires are uh, crossed. Uh, Brody, I have no issue with. Let's go two years ago. Jesus, has it been? No, two I love years? that he avoid, he avoided the complete setup. He knew where he was going to. He'd rather have heat with Brody than mm. um, your unknown rookie of the year that you speak of. I guess we have to go back and do it. I mean, all right, let's put it this way: Brody's actually I pizza. like him, but we're talking. It's National Pizza Day. And we're talking about one. And I feel like it lost a step when they gave it to Douglas James. So my question to you is, (laughs) like, how do you fix something like that? Because they set that bar so high with all those other rookies of the year. And then they set it so low with Douglas. Like, how do you plan to bring it back up? Uh, I definitely plan to bring it back up by, one, uh, being a lot better than one Douglas James. Uh, and uh, and just screaming it off the top of my lungs. Any chance I can to say I'm rookie of the year and let people know about it and just, you know, put it on my social media, put it on my bios, put it on, you know, all my tweets, all my posts. I want everyone to know that I won rookie of the year. And there's, I mean, in, there's no better person who deserves it. I'm the best rookie of the year that, that, that's ever been selected, so... Everyone's going to know that. <laughs> I love the idea that, like, there's uh, the comparison, because we were talking about the movie Rookie of the Year when I think Doug won it, and we were just like, you just don't have the stones to fill in Thomas Ian's shoes, sir. Uh, but we left it at <laughs> that. It's like they're handing out their business cards in American Psycho with Doug with his business card, 2016 <laughs> Rookie of the Year. And then, and then here comes Jake over the top with his... 2017 better font better eggshell <laughs> white print <laughs> so let's ask this so okay I'm, I'm so interested in your story because there, we have a lot to talk about but let's start at the origin story where does wrestling begin for you i've read and i've heard and i have watched research uh videos but you seem to signal wrestlemania 17 as some sort of turning point for you. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up with wrestling my whole life. Uh, my mom and my dad were huge Lucha Libre fans in Mexico. So it's been in my family forever, just wrestling in general. Um, you know, they, they they watched it when they were kids, and then their parents watched it when they were kids. So it's a pastime that's always been a part of my family. So naturally, my bro- my older brother uh, took an interest in it. And um, when I kind of sort of fell into it was, you know, in the months leading up to WrestleMania 17. You know what I mean? So leading up to that, uh, my brother was heavily, you know, involved. He, he watched wrestling. You know, he, he found WWF and then introduced it to me. And I just got invested 
connected with rock and stone cold, you know, for the, for the longest time, I mean, the rock was my brother's favorite character. So how I saw him get when he would see the rock was just something out of this world because we would always watch Lucha with my mom and my dad. And it was kind of just, you know, it was super athletic. It was acrobatic, but we couldn't get behind these characters because they were kind of just, you know, gymnasts in the ring is what I saw it as. And, you know, when I, you know, when my brother introduced me to it and I saw, you know, how elated he got when he would see The Rock and how instant, you know, he was so passionate about watching it, uh, you know, and it it was just a perfect build. It was like my own road to WrestleMania almost as a fan, you know, have never seen WrestleMania um, and kind of just having it all go together and then, you know, having Rock and Austin do, do their thing there. I mean, that's kind of the turning point for me. And, you know, I, I loved it because I always loved Lucha. But just to know that I can get behind people and, like, you know, get some story into what I was watching just fascinated me even more. <clears throat> See, that's why people don't, don't really get how much it sucks you when, you know what I mean? They want to say how, you know... fake versus real but i mean to have that kind of and this is coming from somebody that actually you know followed it and that wrestles and that's their you know their point we grew up with what hogan's and stuff we a little outdated ourselves but you're a little bit younger jake right how old are you i don't want to put the cat out of the bag if that's a issue i'm 23 damn remember Uh, when they can go a full like K through twelve amount of years behind you, okay, yeah, no, <laughs> I get it. It's fine. This kid never we can even live heard by what a Zoom was. Care- it's fine. All right, let's do this, Jake. I'm intrigued to hear this because uh, as you were talking about the idea of of Rock and Stone Cold, it is one of the most iconic things, and so many people seem to connect to that storyline. And it was huge. It was massive. And I don't even know if we knew for sure that was going to be it, you know, for Stone Cold. It right. seemed like that right. could go on forever and that, you know, that's just the way things are for professional wrestling. What I'm concerned with is here, how do you make that transition from I like wrestling to I have to do it? Um, for me, uh, for me personally, uh, I've always... I've, I've always done sports too, so I was always athletic. Um, I, you know, grew up doing soccer and gymnastics. Um, so I knew that I always wanted to be physical. I've always wanted to do something active, whatever that was. Um, but you know, wrestling was just always there for me. Like I, that you know, that, that's my first love. It's what I always wa- watched. It's what I always wanted to do. You know. When I would get in trouble uh, when I was younger, you know, but guess what the punishment was? It was you're not watching Raw tonight or you're not watching SmackDown tonight. So it was just such a big deal. And, um, you know, girl, when I was when I was a kid, I finally found, you know, it took it took a lot. It took a, it took a while and it was a struggle to find, you know, people that had the same interest in me. When I finally did. You know, these, this group, these group of friends, you know, guys and girls, a bunch of us kids, we would always, you know, stay back and, and uh, go to a, a, a park next to where I went to elementary school. And in this park, we would always wrestle. Like, we would just play wrestle, you know? Like, we, would, we had the WWE belts, and we would pretend one of us was the chain. We had our own roster going on and everything, and I loved it. Like, I just loved this. To feel like that that's what I would look forward to, like during school, like, man, I'm in this WWE championship match today and I'm getting fully <laughs> prepared. Like if it was like WrestleMania and I'm like ready to go, like I've been winning the title tonight. And like, I just love that feeling. And I was like, how, how awesome would it be if I can do that one day, like actually do it. And it's crazy because, you know, now I do it and everyone, like all the, the kids that, the, you know, uh, now that we've grown up, like they all fell out of it, and they all reach out to me now, and they're like, "I think it's insane that you actually ended up following through with it." Mike, think yeah, about Gordon. this for just a second, though. Think about the fact that most people, you know, will have the real life situation of, "Oh man, I got to worry about bullies," whereas they took it and made it a storyline of being like, "I'll see you at." 
3 p.m. outside the doors, only on pay per view. I mean, yeah, I think no, that's I, exactly how that's exactly how it was. We would be in lunch lines and we would like cut promos at, on each other. Like it was, it was hilarious. It's seriously, getting ready for the game, but it's your match after school. You know what I mean? Everybody knows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Raph, you've always watched wrestling. I've always watched wrestling. I've loved it, but have you never taken the step out the door to be like, okay, I'm doing this? You know what I mean? That's got to be right. a, a strong mental decision to actually follow something. Because I've watched it my whole life, and I've said, oh yeah, I can maybe maybe do that, take a bump. But to commit to it, I mean, that takes a whole nother. I don't know if I want to call it crazy, but or dedication. I mean, where where does that come from? Yeah, I mean. It- uh, I mean, yeah, that's something that, you know, I, that's actually really common for people to think like that. It's like, it's, 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 you know, even we say that, like we're, you know, I, my trainer, Joey chaos over at Santino brothers, he always tells us like, we have to be like a little bit crazy. Like we have to be delusional to want to do this. And I'm like, man, you know what? Maybe I was like, maybe, maybe that's how I felt when I was little, but you know, I did gymnastics and that was scary in and of itself. You know, like I was learning things that I shouldn't have been doing because I was chubbier, I was taller, but I wanted to do them. And so, you know, I, I, to me, it was just always just, I love, I crave adrenaline and it was just, you know, I just knew it was just, I don't know how to explain that. Like, it was just something, you know, I, I found AJ Styles when I found uh, TNA back in like, Oh, three, like Oh four. And, uh, you know, he was doing these crazy things. You know, one of my favorite matches was him, you know, styles, uh, Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and the athleticism that AJ Styles like did in that match was just, it just blew me away. And I was like, that, that, that is what I want to do like that. It, you know, and I was doing, and I was, you know, barely getting into gymnastics at the time, not fully yet, but, you know, I would be at soccer practice trying all these flips and trying to break my neck and all this. And like, and it was just, dude, I, call me crazy, but I just, that's, I, I wanted that, you know? Right. Think about the the flopping that would occur if you're, you're a WWE wrestler and you made the transition to a professional soccer. Just doing full front flips. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about right. it, I'm getting a That's real like, image of, of Jake in his youth and understanding how much I must right. have hated him on the soccer field. He was the guy who would sell the injury so much that you'd end up getting carded on. And you'd be like, I didn't touch him. And he'd be like, oh, my knee. You go for a, a, 100, 100%, 100%. A leg swipe. He does a shooting star press. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that good Scott Hall sell. I just want to bring this up though, Jake, because you know I understand. You know, as a fellow Brown person, uh, you don't really have a choice for soccer. Soccer chooses you when you're Brown. So obviously, yeah. it is fun yep. when you you get to do that and you get to play those games. But I have to ask this: Were the other people who you were having these matches with as a kid were they the gymnast kind of people as well, or was it just you? No, no, no. It was just me. I was the one who was like at the top of the slide trying to do a swanton bomb to everybody. And they were like, no, let's not do that. That's too dangerous. You know, (laughs) they're like actually the ones who are sitting behind you going like, this is how physics works. And this is what happens when there's no padding. Just to, I know it's weird. Yeah. I just want to see 13 year old Jake in the playground, just getting mad at the finish that somebody else came up with. (laughs) Just trying to fully put a match together at 12 years old. It's completely. Yeah. I kid you not. One of one of my I I I swear this you know on everything is one of my proudest accomplishments is me being a ten year. I must have been uh, what was I fifth grade, fourth yeah fifth grade must have been, no, yeah uh, fifth grader. What what are you like ten in fifth grade? And then uh, my proudest accomplishment was leading a, a week's build up to a no disqualification match. Right. <laughs> 60-minute draw. For the, WW, for the WWE Championship. And the finish was supposed to be me getting DDT'd on a binder. And I said, no, no, fuck that. Your back is going through the binder. So his back went on the, like, the three metal rungs. 
And I pinned them one, two, three. I wasn't supposed to win, but I won. And that was like, I was on top of the world. The binder. Wow. This is, okay, first of all, I need to know the school district that you are from because so many people talk about education not being good in public schools. But I want to make sure that people know that this education system was letting those kids do it right. You found your dream there. It was basically wrestling school before you could go to a wrestling school, kid. The production value, they had belts, they had props, there was plunder. And, and I have to ask this because now I'm intrigued. I mean, this is insane, and I, I, I feel like the story turned out okay, and we know you're now a professional wrestler. So it was basically you just putting in work at a far too young age. But were you calling it on the fly? Like, did you guys practice the moves beforehand? Like, how did this calling work? Audibles. No, it was, all, it was all out there, like... We were, like, we just, like, sometimes it would be legitimate beef, like, legitimate hate towards each other. And we were like, this how it's going to go down, man. Like, because, you know, at the time, we didn't know that wrestling was fake, you know? Like, I remember clearly I was going through the storyline with uh, uh, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero when they were, you know, going through the, the custody battle for his son yeah. Dominic. And uh, oh, you know, that, that was so real to us. And I was like, you know what? Like, I hate you, you know, you, at the times, like, you, like, I hate your girlfriend, too, but, like, and we would just, when we would go there, like, it was, all bets were off, like, who, let's go. Who plays let's Dominic? You guys grab, like, a first grader to play Dominic, or? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're not a kid, that's fine, but... <laughs> that's sorry, pretty, that's sorry, like, they have rules, okay, first graders are not allowed, everybody knows that on the playground. You have to be third graded up before you're allowed to go ahead and full on storyline. I mean, Jake, I'm so happy that this and this is a story you're telling. But if you're a promoter and you're listening to this, this is the person you hope makes it into wrestling because we get used to some of these guys who are just like, yeah, I did football and it didn't work out. And now I'm here. Uh, this this is passion. This means this has been something that was eating inside of you for years and you were finding the outlet to do it. Now, you mentioned people fall by the wayside. Right. Wrestling doesn't become cool anymore. And people, they kind of go their own way. And yet you you stick to your guns and you, you find your way into now doing this. Uh, do you start at Santino Brothers or where does training begin for you? Yeah, so I officially started training uh, professional wrestling in 2014 in January. It was like a New Year's resolution goal type thing. And uh, I actually started at the School of Hard Knocks at EWF uh, over in San Bernardino. Jesse Hernandez? Uh, I live, yes, with Jesse Hernandez. Um, I found both schools just online, you know, through a Google, through a search, but... Uh, you know, that one was a little bit more popular because, you know, they had signed wrestlers. You know, I knew Kazarian from TNA, and so, like, that kind of got my attention a little bit. So I went with them. But uh, I'm from the L.A. County, and more specifically, I'm more in the San Gabriel Valley. I'm born and raised in Almani, uh, California, which is just a few minutes out of downtown L.A. So going to San Bernardino was a two- to three-hour drive uh, when I would go to practice. Um, so I only stayed there for two months and probably did like one, one, one session a week. I didn't learn much. Like I just didn't, you know, just because it wasn't consistent. Um, and so the drive was too much and I had known about Centino brothers. So I, and that was, you know, a lot closer. It was in LA. So I, you know, just was one, you know, I stopped, I, I you know, stopped after two months. And then in July of that same year, in the summer, I finally decided to show up one day and, and got information and then started like the week after. That's so cool. And, you know, I love the fact that both you and Doug share the fact that your fates were started by Google searches. If I'm Google and I'm listening to this, I make a very quick advertisement for the professional wrestlers because this is a two for two on getting Santino Brothers uh, and their SEO searches. So... Kudos to them for that. I just like the idea that as you, you know, you say you grew up in, in the San Gabriel Valley. I'm from Hacienda Heights. So I I know that little world. I know how everything seems far. And I, I love the fact that you just told us it's uh, two hours of traffic. 
which most people, I guess, in different areas may not understand this. But in L.A., that's literally going like 10 miles. Why are you trying to sound hard right now, Hacienda Heights? Uh, no, bro, like if you the... want to sound hard, what you do <laughs> what? is you say, I'm from the Heights. That's what you would tell people. Back the the Heights. No, yeah. that's the, that's the, like, you want to fuck with me, son? Fall. You want to fuck with the place where Fergie Ferg is from? That's right. Fergie challenged my double sister a. to a fight. Yeah. And it was a yeah. shoot fight. H's. And that bitch Get backed down. Here, and that's a true story. Take that, Fergie. Anyway. From the double, I'm from the double H. Get out of here. No, nobody says double H. That's stupid. The Heights is where it's at. Anyway, Jake, don't let Mike ruin what we've got going on here, which is you and I understand the rough hood <laughs> of San Gabriel Valley. Uh, I just like this. You you start to look that through. What is the thing that connects you to Santino Brothers immediately? They have such a reputation. All of their guys that I see, when you guys put on your shows, like there is a consistent good amount of work rate that happens there. And I think it's so great to see so many of you guys blow up. And it's no secret, you know. But but what was the thing that connected with you immediately when you were going to train out that way? Um, I the investment that they bring to every athlete, no matter what, is what I appreciate. And that's something that, you know, still continues to this day. And I was just talking about that with chaos. I'm very close to my trainers. Uh, I actually, I'm, I actually am uh, one of the assistant trainers at Santino brothers. So I see, I see chaos and uh, Robbie Phoenix all the time. And we're always talking. And, you know, I was just talking about this the other day with him. And he said, if you read my interview and we were talking about, it, he said, why did you come here? You know, he's, he's funny. Like he was just like fucking around. Like he's like, why'd you come here? And I'm like, because you guys care. Like, at the end of the day, you guys fucking care. And that's more than anyone can ask for, you know? Like, so many people say they want to do this, and then they try to do it. And some people, you know, like, let's just be real. Some people are made for this, and they're not, right? Like, that's just the reality of it. And what I hate is when people don't give, the uh, you know, those people a chance to prove that, to find out for themselves whether they do or not. You know what I mean? And I think that's what chaos and and Phoenix excel and Santino brothers as a whole excel well at is that they will give you their all every single day. And it, it's up to you to decide what you're going to make from that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You hear so many, you hear so many horror stories about promoters that just are in it for themselves and try to take advantage just to try to get their brand over. But that's, you know, that's kind of cool considering Southern California has such an array of talent these days. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's stacked to the gills with dudes that want to, you know, make a name for themselves and to be in the position you are being rookie of the year. I mean, that's and to be a trainer already at 23. Raph, what are we doing with our life? Jesus. Uh, at 23, I was just starting to drink. So that was the big uh, achievement in my life. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You are starting to train. Uh, and, and the nice part about it is you're, you're finding, uh, in a short amount of time, you're doing a lot of work. You know, you were, you were getting on shows at a relatively short amount of time, just, uh, within training. How did that feel? Um, it, it just made me hungrier like it made me realize and i say this all the time it made me realize that no one can tell me i'm not ready you know what i mean and that is one of the biggest struggles that any wrestler can relate to this you know chaos himself it's like you we tell ourselves all the time like are we ready and to me you know i was on wrestle circus five months into my career I wasn't even a year in and I made, and I, and I wrestled at wrestle circus. It was a dark match, but still to be given that platform was insane. And wrestle circus is one of the top up and coming promotions right now. It's big in Texas. Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it was, it was like, if they can give me this opportunity, I need to work harder to prove that I can continue to get these opportunities. It was, it was more of, it wasn't me being like, yeah, all right, this one's done. All right, yes, check. It's like, no, it's, fuck, I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to show, you know, other promotions, like freaking PWG, like, hey, just because I'm a year in, a year in doesn't mean I can't go. You're not going to tell me that I'm not ready because I'm only a year in or two years in. I'm going to bust my ass off to just be good 
and get on your show. And, and I'm not just name dropping them. Like any promotion for that matter is like, I'm just, I'm ready to, I'm ready to win it. I'm ready to do good and, and just be a name, you know? Are you trying to prove that to the promotions or is that something you're trying to prove to yourself? Cause you said you kept getting to hungrier myself. and yes, right. to, my, to myself more than anything so that I don't ever, like I said, so that I don't ever get to that point where I'm like, you know, sitting back and like, am I ready? Am I ready? Like, no, like it's, it is for myself. So I can just push myself that much harder, you know? I mean, guys, if you think that for any reason, he's not serious about any promotion, he's looking to go back to that grade school any second now and take on whoever <laughs> is holding the belt he once had. I want to know how many times your trainers turned down the three ring binder spot. <laughs> <laughs> At this spot, man, it's gonna work. Like, every, every well, I, you know, there's nothing funnier than like, guys, guys, I've got the spot. This killed in the sixth grade. This was our WrestleMania moment. I've got it all figured out. It's okay. <laughs> it was. The kid, the kids on the sides were going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, yeah, I, I, I don't do that enough. One day I will. Trust. me. That'd be great. I'd be into that for real. Like if that happened, if they got the trapper keeper out, I would pop for that. But you know what though? They've had empty arena matches. Why not a playground match? Oh, that'd be that'd be dope. You're welcome. I, I retain all rights on party. that. By the way, I, I want to make sure that's very clear to anybody listening. Get your legal representation because I, uh, I I coined that. Don't encourage them. I really see him thinking about this after this. Listen, I, I'm not. I, I am. I'm. I'm. If there's one thing I'm learning about Jake very quickly, it's that he's going to do it if you tell him not to, and he's going to do it if you say do it. So there's really not a middle ground for us here. It's just kind of, well, okay. I guess uh, I just see my uh, check in the mail when he ends up doing this over at one day, and they take it outside. Um, the nice part about this is you transition, you, you're doing success very quickly. One thing I did want to bring up, because I, I know – that this messes with people who do uh, mixed martial arts. Now, uh, that's something that is major with me, but when injuries happen, it doesn't matter what athlete you are, you can go into a funk very quickly. And I found one yep. thing that you were saying was, you know, keeping a very good positive attitude and, and just kind of the, the exact similar phrasings you had uh, to a number of mixed martial arts athletes who I've interviewed. And though they're different, you know, what is that going through your head and how do you find that resource to like go back to high flying? If I were a high flyer and I broke my neck, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I don't do as many of those spots anymore. Right. Um, I will say that, you know, I've limited uh, whatever. So, you know, before I broke my neck, there were a ton of things that I wanted to try and do. Right and bring my gymnastics background into it. I still do that, but I definitely limit myself a little bit more. And it, it was a challenge for me because I wanted to be a certain type of wrestler my whole life, you know? And for that to have happened to me, it just shattered me because I had to just do, I had to start over, you know? I had to be like, well, what kind of wrestler can I be so that I can limit, you know, the risk without really taking away from the, you know, from the show, you know, from what people are going to expect out of me because I come from a gymnastics background and stuff like that. So I've learned to know what to do and where to do it so that it still gets the maximum, I still get the maximum, you know, benefit out of that, if that makes sense. Uh, and it, it, it was definitely, like I said, it was hard, but I just looked at it as a challenge. I think that's what I do well with is just challenges. You know, you, you just said it right, right now. Like when you tell me not to do something, well, I'm going to go do it. And I think that's just what I like and what I need. Again, going back to Santino brothers, that's what, that's what got me intrigued there was that it was a challenge. And I, I like challenges because I, I want to overcome it. I want to, I don't, I'm not a quitter. So I felt like it was a challenge for me to be an even better wrestler without 
the stuff that I initially planned to do. Will I eventually do it? Yes, and I'll get to it. But I think there's just now with this story that people know that I broke my neck, it'll just mean so much more as the story progresses, like my own story, you know, in the ring and, and then and build into what I can do. So people are like, whoa, like he's still doing that even with, you know, that's kind of just where I'm coming from uh, as far as that. I want to make it very clear. We're not challenging you on the show. So if by the end of that, like the conversation we had, we have this great conversation, you get to it and you're like, they challenged me. And we're like, that was, nope, not the point. Nope. Yeah, I triple dog dare you <laughs> to do a 450 tonight. Whoa. Yeah, that was aggressive. So, okay. Now we move forward again. And now you, you've done that. Uh, you come back stronger. You put on a string of great matches. And just recently, they name you as Rookie of the Year. What's the first thought that goes into your head when you hear you're going to get that distinction? Um, I was definitely, I was just proud. Uh, pride, a sense of pride is probably the best uh, feeling that I can get. Um, proud of not the award of itself. Of course, I mean, I'm honored to have been named that. But it was the journey that I took to get there. Um, you know, it was when I found the, you know, actually the, the first time that I ever found out about this award was when your best friend Douglas James won it. And uh, I was just coming back from my injury at the time. And I knew Doug because we started together. We started training together. It was me, Douglas James, and Brody King. We started training together. But then I broke my neck and then I kind of just disappeared for a bit. And when I came back, you know, they had already started this thing. Uh, you know, Doug had debuted and then and, and Brody had debuted and, and Doug had just won the award. So when I found out about that, I remember showing up to training and I told Robbie Phoenix and I said, oh, what's rookie of the year thing? And he, you know, explained it to me. And I said, I'm, I want to win that. You know, and it was just very subtle. I just said, I want to win that. Like, that's something I want to do. And I just never lost sight of it, ever. You know, and this was back in 2015, because then it took me a whole other, a whole nother year to finally debut. But I mean, it, I just told myself like, that's what I want. And then, you know, as, you know, as, as I returned Douglas and, and I and Brody, we started to grow closer. And to this day, we're, you know, they're my best friends, you know, we're all each other's best friends. And this, the, there's a click that we have there. So I felt even more of a pressure uh, within myself to win it to finish this trifecta, you know, Doug first, Brody, then me, you know, we all started together. It's only fitting that we all win this award. And I'm glad that's why I was super proud of that. I was proud that I was able to, you know, make them proud and represent us and, and, and then, you know, bring the, bring the award back home to Santino brothers. Cause we've won, we have the most winners. So, you know, I hit the three Pete. And so, yeah, I mean, I was just really, I was really, I was really happy and I was just really, really proud. Did they just start a faction right now, Raph? The three of them, I think. They did, but I think we have to inform them the whole best friend click thing has kind of been done. So right. no big deal. Um, uh, well, we'll do, just, we'll do it better. I mean, internal uh, listen, bi internal kid, bickering. I want to believe you. And Brody's amazing. But you have this dead weight in Douglas that I just think to myself, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's not like he's a light dead weight. I mean, for his size, he's fairly, you know, especially if he's had a lot of pizza, that's a lot of dead weight. Well, after, after yesterday, after yesterday, <laughs> after yesterday, he's pretty probably bloated he's down. He's definitely going to be there. I mean, does Douglas, I mean, cause I know that you guys have a friendly competition cause there's no such thing of, you know, uh, being, wanting to be the best and not having that cross your mind. Right. But does Douglas hear that you get right. rookie of the year and think to himself like, Hey, can I be a rookie again? How's this work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I mean, he's got, he's got two championships right now. I think trying to be rookie of the year again is the last thing on his mind. But yeah, I don't know we'll about see. that. I mean, if you ask Douglas to win any award, he doesn't care. He'd be like, can I go women's champion too? <laughs> I got no issues on any of these things. Uh, well, of course, th that's part of a great story. But uh, an even nicer thing that I think that came through all of this is uh, you recently came out uh, as gay after winning this award. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about that is 
why did you particularly pick this moment uh, to do both, like to win it and then to have that be the moment where you were going to come out? Uh, I just, you know, I believe in timing. I definitely believe in timing. I'm all about time and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I felt like there were so many moments throughout this past year that just led me to the point where I wanted to publicly do it, that it just didn't feel right. It just didn't make sense. And I felt like in doing this, it was exactly what I've always wanted my message to be from the minute I realized in my own self that I was gay. And that was that you can be successful. And that is the one thing that I want people to know about, about, about why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm going public with it. It's not for attention. It's not for anything else other than the simple fact that I want to prove I can be successful. You know, I want to be the first world heavyweight champion, uh, the first gay world heavyweight champion. Like I want to be, I want there to be success in this, in that community. Um, and that's, you know, like, because there's so many stereotypes and there's just, I mean, we're in a different age now. Like that's just the reality of it. And we're, you know, it's just so much more accepting now and to a certain extent, but it's, unless you're in our shoes, you don't realize like what, how much of a struggle it really is. You know, I, you know, one thing that, uh, and this is new information. Uh, I have a, I had an older brother who was also gay and he passed away because of complications with drugs and disease because he couldn't accept it in himself that he was. And to me, it was, that was my kind of catalyst to prove that we can go a different direction. We can be something, we can be successful. We can have awards, we can win awards and we can just blend into society normally without having that stop us. And that was why I felt like that moment was important was because not only am I a gay wrestler, I'm a fucking good gay wrestler. Good enough to have won this award. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the the best part about this, though, is I think, and most people should at least be at this realm, turning gay isn't a storyline. You know, we're, we're at a point where it's not an no. angle. It's not any of those things. It's... You know, it's a part of you right. and it's a part of your, your narrative. You're not doing it for that attention in that way of doing it. And I feel like your message is so – it's so positive and true to what it is that really connects people who love wrestling. doesn't matter what you like. It's just all of us are bounded by, like, this true love for professional wrestling. And so I, I feel like yeah. it's so great to see that happening now because, as you mentioned – Years ago, this couldn't be a thing. And it's weird to think that that was just yeah. a short time ago because now it seems like, oh, okay, that's cool. But you had to work to that. You know, there right. had to be a lot of people who had to help and work to there. And you're still going to be one of the people helping to pay that forward because I'm pretty sure you're going to get those people who are going to be like, gay guy, boo. Well, right. wrestling's, right. wrestling's always been androgynous, though. You know what I mean? And that's the line that it's always just stayed at what's what's awesome is how comfortable jake is about it and i think that's the takeaway from it is that not only is he taking this platform but he's super comfortable with it i think a lot of athletes aren't as comfortable as they should be because of the stigmas and stereotypes jake was mentioning but it's just it's kind of refreshing to hear somebody so confident and so again comfortable with you know where they stand and who they are i and mean my, people can't even do that more on that though <laughs> i feel like you know it's time for gay people to take back parts of professional wrestling because you had all these straight dudes being like oh i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be super flamboyant and it's like well wait hold on well ring of honor used to cost it pretty tough with the christopher street connection yeah. which i always found pretty entertaining <laughs> but i mean that was in such okay. a different that was such a different time like he was saying like now's the time to kind of i mean how long ago was michael what was that football player michael sam mm. yeah that was, right. that, was, that was like that was like three years ago, right? And it's kind of died down, yeah. but there's nothing. I don't think there's putting it in that category of having it to die down. That this is nothing. 
it's nothing new. This is this is where we're at and who we are. So Absolutely. I mean, again, and, and again, it, it's a cool thing that now becomes a new part of your story that you get to share with people, and that uh, I I know for sure you don't see it just yet. But when you see more and more people who will tell you things about how awesome you are and how that's inspiring you, you, you know, those are years to come, sort of thing. Uh, so it'll, it'll yeah. be fun to, to watch that part for your journey, especially as you're 23 right now. And we're, I guess, stuck with you for a long time seeing you do this, but <laughs> let's ask you this though, Jake, what has been some of the positive notes that you've gotten from that? Because have you, have you heard from anybody in particular that kind of made you uh, laugh or smile when you heard messages after this? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, the support has been overwhelmingly, uh, positive um you know promoters that i've worked with have you know sent out personal messages and have said you know I've, i'm incredibly you know honored to have someone like you on my card and and that you know you know at the end of the day like i'm confident now but you know i wasn't this past year and so that was always scary you know to think that a promoter can be like I'm not going to use you because you're gay. Like, you know, it sounds crazy. Like now it's like, people are like, no, that's not an issue. But again, being in these shoes, you just traumatize. You just, that's what you think. So to know that, you know, they, I have my back, you know, and a lot, all of my, you know, lots of colleagues and lots of friends just sent out positive energy. Um, things that made me laugh, <laughs> things that made me laugh were like comments from other, you know, from fans, you know, it was, you know, my story was kind of covered on Reddit a little bit. It was like a page on Reddit. And I would see comments on there and people were just like, who cares if this guy's gay or I don't care what he, and I, it made me laugh because I'm like, you're right to a certain extent. Like you shouldn't care, but I'm not doing it for you. So, you know, and they would make me laugh because they were, it, I don't know. It, it, I kind of, I, I was surprised at how quick I grew tough skin um, to, to the negative comments they would see, which aren't a lot, but it, I mean, everything's just been really positive. And, you know, I have already gotten people who have reached out to me and said that I'm in inspiring them and, cool. you know, letting them, you know, and, you know, and gay fans, like a lot of people don't know that professional wrestling has a really huge gay fan base, like, you know, which only makes sense. <laughs> um, and uh, I know Roman Reigns, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, um, but, uh, you know, it, people don't realize that. So, you know, sometimes these fans, these gay fans are scared to say that they're fans. They're scared to come out and, and interact with other fans who share the same thing. And my goal is to just bring everyone together, like you said. Like, we're, we're all just fans of wrestling. We're not, there's not a group of straight fans. There's not a group of gay fans. It's just fans, you know, and, and, uh, that's been really dope. So, um, you know, I have a new shirt out that I've been promoting and, you know, on it, it says I have this in my new persona, you know, I'm now embracing the fact that I'm bomb, like, and bomb just means that I'm, you know, like I'm the shit, like I'm just, I'm good. And, you know, it says I'm bomb specifically because I want anyone that wears it to realize that they're they are the shit in themselves and that's been really dope like i've you know i've seen fans take pictures of it and and they're saying that they love the message that i'm sending and that and and that warms my heart because that's something that i didn't grow up with you know i didn't have a hero to look up to like no one was gay and and a wrestler at the time that i was you know being a fan so to be able to pay that i it's almost like like they're my heroes for, for embracing me, you know? Um, and yeah, so it's been, it's been really cool. Good on you, man. I mean, I'll let you know something very quickly, uh, as somebody who has, uh, been on Reddit a few times having a, a podcast or two, uh, you know, Reddit brings out the most interesting of folk to discuss your business. And I love it when people on Reddit discuss, yep. uh, comedy, uh, because I'm always like, that's fascinating. Talking about comedy is, is the funniest thing you could ever do, kids. But let me bring this up to you. Uh, you were mentioning weird comments. I actually I did a search earlier today, and I saw one thread. And I thought one in particular was a, a note. But it was a, from a guy whose uh, name is Void of Opinion. So let's start with that. But it says, all of my favorite all wrestlers right. from the 80s and 90s fucked ring rats. 
So I guess I really don't care where they stick their dicks as long as they wrestle a halfway decent match. So yeah, uh, I read that one. <laughs> that just made me laugh. That was the that. one that I thought I was like, well, on the one side that I do agree with this guy, it's you know what? I don't want to know what's going on with any of the guys from the eighties and nineties because, whoosh. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on those stories. Uh, the more you start to get a little bit of the broken kayfabe and you go, wait, who and what? No. It just it just sounds like they stick yep, their yeah. dick in other things besides people. That was just weird. Well, again, like I said, Mike, Reddit is a very interesting place for commentary. Uh, that was void of empathy, Raph. Void of empathy. Uh, of course, right underneath that is somebody who just said, good for him for living his life openly. He will undoubtedly be an inspiration for someone uh, for doing this. So, you know, and again, they're saying, like, by the same token, I look forward to a day where this kind of announcement is a thing of the past when society has finally learned to accept that it truly doesn't matter who floats your boat. I, I think we all do. I think yeah. it's just with respect of there still is some stigma. So uh, with that, yeah. you do have to acknowledge that. And and as much as we're in a better place, you do have to acknowledge the fact that we, you know, as you said in your mind, you're like, is there a booker who says my territory doesn't want you? Because there's nothing that's right. worse than hearing you're not wanted uh, when you're yeah. in that kind right. of business where booking is is vital and key to your career. So... Yeah, guys, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we're glad that you get to celebrate it. And I don't know about this, Mike, but I, I feel like more and more we learn uh, with modern day wrestling. So many of the wrestlers put this metaphorical or allegorical kind of aspect to their story. And so you being able to do these shirts that have more meaning, you know, to me, I was just like, oh, get me the DX shirt because fuck authority, I guess. I don't know. But it's right. nice that you have these really good and positive messages that we, we get to continue uh, spreading on out. So props on that. Um, one thing yeah. that I, I did yeah. want to ask you is, you know, going along with your journey, you were mentioning a little bit about mental health as well. And I'm very sorry let to hear about your, your brother. Let, because... me, let me cut you off, Raph. I want to ask him something about that. Because what was it like when you decided before this interview that you were going to come out, what was the anxiety? Was there anxiety before and is there anxiety after, or is it with, like a weight has been lifted off? Cause I'm sure it goes back and forth. Yes. I mean, uh, uh I, yeah, so it was definitely a trigger. Um, uh, actually when I sent out the tweet, so the way that I came out was I just sent out a tweet when I, when the awards were announced, I just, you know, tweeted out a long you know note that i had wrote written out on my on my phone the night before in case i did win and i tweeted the only thing the tweet said was i'm proud to be the first openly gay southern california rookie of the year i just tweeted it and i just put my phone down and i was actually at work at the time and uh so i actually i asked for some time to you know to i actually took like a 30 minute break and the reason why was because it, I, there was anxiety building up. Um, it, I didn't necessarily have an attack because I do suffer from actual, you know, anxiety attacks where you know, I, I, I lose my breath and I begin to hyperventilate and it's been an issue um, throughout my entire life. But in this sense, it was just anxiety and that I was, I was shaking and I was really nervous as to what the response would be. Um, so, you know, building up to that was, 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 was definitely uh, a trigger. Um, and then just everything after that just kind of made it feel better. And that's what I realized, you know, at, before when I came out, um, no one knew that I suffered from a mental illness. You know, that was something that was private to me and, 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 and my closest friends. Um, but I realized that, you know, the support helped. And it lessens, you know, the, the symptoms. And so I decided to be open about that as well. Is that where the anxiety comes from? I mean, because you talk a lot about, That's, you know, accepting these challenges and being accepted and getting support and letting other people know that they're, you know, of worth, that they're the bomb. I mean, is it, that seems to yeah, kind of all, it, all tie together. Yeah, it all it all comes together because I was I was both I was bullied as a kid and I was a bully. So I know both and I've always struggled with like 
acceptance and I've always struggled with identity for the longest time. I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know. I always thought that, you know, gay wasn't something that was accepted easily in my family. It's a struggle that we to this day still continue. I have to sit down and have conversations with my mom and update her about my life and her make her and and have her make sure that I'm okay. And, 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 and it's, it's always been that, you know, I didn't have a, a, a dad growing up and I suffered through, you know, lots of incidents. Like I didn't have my dad growing up. My mom had a rough upbringing and she, you know, her journey into getting us into adulthood was a struggle. Um, so I, I've always, I've always suffered. I knew that I've always suffered from something because I would always, I would skip school and just lay in bed and cry. And I would always wonder why I didn't, I was, you know, and I, I would have instances of anxiety at school where I would lose my breath and I needed, I needed, I, I, I felt like, and, and that makes it worse because then you feel like you're going to die. And, uh, I, I didn't know how to explain it when I was a kid. I thought that maybe it was asthma or something. And it wasn't until, you know, I, uh, you know, contemplated suicide for the very first time in my life that I realized that I suffer from depression and I, I suffer from anxiety and that, and it all came together and I sought help and I wanted to confirm that that's what it was. And, and, it's funny that it was wrestling that brought that out, that it, that mm. it brought that, that wrestling was what surfaced it. Um, you know, breaking my neck was, was, was a huge impact on my life. It still is. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, going off the tangent, but yeah, that, that, that is what, what, what triggers it. Um, and, and yeah. Did wrestling made you realize that you could overcome it or that it existed? Wrestling made me realize that it existed, and uh, I'm real. I'm in, and right now is where I am in my path to realize that wrestling's helping me overcome it. And uh, you know, I, I, in, uh, in summary, I have a separate Instagram that's a, that's a personal Instagram because that's also like a, like a, like a treatment I have for myself for my own mental health is like I have my personal life and my, and, you know, my wrestling life. And so in my personal Instagram, I made a post recently when I won the award and I basically just said wrestling is my enemy and it has brought out the worst in me but it also is my first love and it brings out the very best in me and I just amount that to passion like maybe that's just how passionate I am about it that's such a that's such a big platform for you to take though you know what I mean? I don't think that gets, especially in the world of wrestling, you know, the personal issues, you just, you're expecting this character, but for you to take it to such a humanistic level, it's just kind of refreshing. And it's kind of, you know, it's something you should be proud of. You know, it's something that I think more people should put out there. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, yeah, I've, I don't even know you, but I'm proud yeah, of you, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, my, that was my biggest thing was for the longest, I mean, I knew, I knew early on in my it, early on when I started wrestling um, that I, that I, you know, that I was diagnosed and I felt that. And for the longest time I would, I would see, you know, slowly people come out, come forth and, you know, embrace, you know, their, that this, this issue and this problem. And um, I would, oh, it would give me strength, but it was just something that in like I, with anything, unless you're in those shoes, you don't know, how to deal with it yourself you know so i'm glad that i'm able to be confident and, and i'm able to embrace it now and i feel like it's important to say that it's something that i still currently go through and and still something that because it doesn't go away it just it doesn't and and i'm human and that's what i want people to know is that i'm human and i can you know one of the areas they talk about i guess for any form mental health is self-worth so does the wrestling, though, give you that sense of self-worth, especially when you see that you're good at it and you like crowds don't lie. So when crowds give you that rush of adrenaline and they're accepting and they're cheering for you, does that kind of give you an idea of how much people value what you're doing and, and how you're doing that sort of thing? Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, that's uh, it's a huge um 
it's important for me to kind of dive into the praise sometimes. You know, people always tell you, like, don't let it get to your head. I don't let it get to my head. But it's important for me to sometimes just embrace it for my mental health, you know, sure. and know that I'm doing something good. So. Well, of course, because, I mean, you know, if you take it into, I guess, real people professions, if you would, uh, if you take it into any kind of business, they have acknowledgments for, you know, salesman of the year or, you know, these goals where people are recognized for being good at what they do. And a lot of people will define their worth on what they do. What you happen to do is yeah, different, I... but the need for uh, acknowledgement and success and, you know, hey, am I, am I good? Um, those are factors that do play a good role in mental health. <clears throat> So that is that is well, good to hear, man. Yeah. Well, back to his, the beginning of his journey. How lucky did he get that he went to Santino Brothers? You know what I mean? That that cared. You know what I mean? You don't hear a lot of these places that have an HR department. At least his trainers have a heart, and they actually like are there for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not on the on the solo dolo. Yeah. No. And that they're like that with with everyone. I mean, that I I say this to my core. I'm proud to be a Santino brother. I'm proud of Chaos. I'm proud of Phoenix. And I'm proud to say that they are the best school in California and one of the best in the nation. So, well, I mean, they got the record, the track record, the three. I mean, you got the rookie of the year faction going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like this, though. I like the fact that, you know, you're in a good place and that's just scratching the surface on what Santino Brothers uh, has. So, uh, you know, we love seeing the guys come out from there. Um, I think looking forward now that people know your story, hopefully you get to continue sharing that as you're, you're going on. What are some places or some people that you're looking to wrestle in the future? Oh boy. Um, I think, uh, right now, one thing that's been on my mind from like, if I'm thinking like out of California, honestly, the first person that comes to mind is a wrestler uh, Perot, who is actually from Florida, and he is also gay and also recently came out. And he was actually the one who kind of helped me, talked me into uh, being able to do it publicly just a couple weeks before I won the award. Hmm. And I really appreciate him a lot, and I think he's very different. If you guys don't know who he is, you guys should really search him up. Um, he's this big monster, like just straight-up Strowman-like, and he's just huge and uh and um, I think that that would be a really big honor for me to be able to wrestle him anywhere. And just honestly, any anyone, I'm down to wrestle anyone, anywhere. I, I just want to get my name out there. I need a moment to acknowledge the strangeness that is the closeness that you have for people in this particular avenue of like, this guy is so amazing. I would love to have a match with him and take a steel chair to his head. It would make me honored to do it, if I'm being honest, is one of the more unique <laughs> ways that you could ever honor one of your deepest friends. I appreciate all the support, all the confidence. <laughs> I have so much respect for you. Now, can I bash you over the head? <laughs> will, will you take this binder spot? No one is taking it, you assholes. The oh, three we can binder. Yes, but I'll just take to the binder spot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now... One of the things that we do like to ask on here, though, is there comes a time where social medias can be very helpful, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, when you are tweeting things, I don't know that you're always thinking what might happen. Like, you don't know you might be held accountable for some of the tweets that you put out there in the world. Right. Okay. We have a segment where we do like to try and keep people accountable to see if they still feel the same way that they do uh, with some of the tweets that they put out there. So, do you mind if we read a couple oh, back boy. to you, sir? I, I don't. Why? Why would you say, "Oh boy"? I just I'm curious. Oh, he knows because I, I I actually don't know. I I don't keep track of what I tweet. I just, oh, but you just, know, just say what. But we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just, I mean, it's not like, do you have a team that's doing this for you? Is Team Atlas coming on and and doing that? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. The Bomb Squad? (laughs) The Bomb Squad. My Bomb Squad. That's actually a thing. That's actually a thing. Oh, no. What? I'm going to gamble tonight, boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, let's start here. Okay. Okay. Let's start here. Uh, this one's not too bad. This was on January 2nd. You said, this is my territory. In response to SoCal Uncensored. Uh, I mean, that's a good one. You start off there. So you have nothing to hide from there, right? Okay. Bigger than a yard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I okay. should have put, this is my playground. Huh? Get it? <laughs> oh, callback. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have so much fun every time I see you like cutting a promo. And I go, "Is that my work?" Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm hey, quite good. Jungle Jam, brother. Uh, let's say this: you have one that says, "I hope everyone has had a joyful holiday season, whatever you celebrated." Did you? Did you really hope everybody had a joyful holiday season? Uh, I did. I hope everyone did. Was whatever in quotation marks? I, nope, it was not. <laughs> whatever you celebrate. <laughs> I just, again, I want to make sure that we go there. My favorite thing that you do on most of your tweets is is that most of them are like uh, a caption on what somebody else is putting there. So it's hard to just put one that like out of context is just fantastic. No. No, uh, let's put it this way. One of the ones that you did retweet that I do find is you basically are saying a lot of supportive thing, but you have a couple that you retweeted from like say Douglas James. Okay. And I guess my okay. question is why would you retweet him? If we've already covered the fact that like, he doesn't have anything to say. So, right, we retweet whatever he's going to put out there. I mean, I have to help him out, right? Fair. I've got to give him some, you know. No, what I think what needs to happen, Jake, is you need to help Raph come to grips with his insecurities about Doug. I mean, it's gone on this whole episode. You know, I mean, I think it's time we have Raph sit down and come face to face with his challenges over his insecurities about whatever Doug is doing to him. Because it won't stop. I just want to point something out here, Mike. Yeah. I... First of all, uh, let me point something out. It's very important here. It's important to make Douglas work for it. He wants to be the constant underdog. So what am I going to do here? Not be his friend? He... <laughs> he just got thrown out of the faction then, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, you got to earn your spot, Doug. He's got to earn his rookie of the his, his spot in the rookie. I just of the year see a three way. I see a three way. Seriously, the three of you need to put on in the playground. You know what I mean? How do you book that Santino? It could be like your broken universe kind of thing, where you, the three of you just take the playground as your own. Uh, you can have little six year old versions <laughs> of you guys, like King Maxwell. And all. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I hit my brain. My bad, Jake. Uh, there is one though that I think. Uh, what is this? My SummerSlam tweet. Rob Strowman showed up. Okay. <laughs> he did. He showed up at SummerSlam. Like, ever since then, like, people have gone behind him. <laughs> but that's all you're like, saying he made it, SummerSlam, though, right? Like he made it into the building. <laughs> he just made it into the building. <laughs> I seen him. All right. Uh, well, I don't want to give you too much, Ashley. You actually, all of your, your Twitter checks out kind of nicely. But um, if I am taking a, a, a small little amount of uh, notes here, I would say that you probably retweet Heather more than Douglas. So I think you like her better. And we agree with you. I actually do. Yes, that's actually a fact. Perfect. There we get along perfectly on that. Um, I do want to say this though, man. You know, you have such a great story. You're you're blowing up, and you're continuing to be, uh, I think, just a good positive role model, not just for kids, but for anybody who just loves professional wrestling. Like to be able to do what you did on the playground now in a ring and get acknowledged for it is really great. And uh, you know, I, I know we're going to close out here in a second, but I want to give you an opportunity to anybody who's listening who wants to book you or uh, where they can find you on social media, because I feel like we're at the very beginning of what feels like you doing this for a, a good amount of time at a high level. So uh, we're very happy that you were able to come on today. But where can people reach you, sir? 
Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at I am Jake Atlas. Uh, that's my handles for both. Um, and then on Facebook, uh, you can like my Facebook page. It's brand new. Or send me a friend request. Uh, if you send me a friend, friend request, just look me up as Jake Atlas on Facebook. Uh, please like my Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash superstar Jake Atlas. Um, you know, I have my YouTube channel up. Uh, if you guys can check that out, I'm actually very active on that. And I'm always posting, um, you know, matches that are coming up. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, you can just search me up, Jake Atlas uh, Wrestling, on YouTube, um, and you can find me there. Uh, keep an eye out. I'm interested in maybe getting into some blogging. So just, you know, head off, head over there and just subscribe and see what I'm up to because uh, I'm actually very active on that. So Deal. Well, listen, Jake, this has been uh, fascinatingly uh, fun to get to hear your story. I'm so glad that uh, you were able to win. Uh, rookie of the year um you know we've been watching you uh, when doug mentioned you we had already had you on our radar um but when we were looking to kind of start talking to people a little bit more and more we had you on our list and we're happy that we were able to make this happen and believe you me this is before you know you were even looking to come out any of that sort of stuff we were just like oh it'd be cool and then you win an award and i was like well i guess that's kind of cool too and then all of the stuff happens where you're blown up even more. And I'm just like, you know, I hope this kid knows how talented he is and that, uh, you know, when other people recognize that, that's good. But uh, when you talk about the kind of mental health that you look and you still struggle with, I think it's important that you know that a lot of us want you around so that we can see matches for years to come, good sir. So uh, make sure to keep yourself healthy Thank you. and, and keep passing on that good word because... Uh, I feel like what you're doing is just the beginning with those people sending in those good notes. So, ladies and gentlemen, our biggest thanks to our pal, Jake Atlas, for stopping by today. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It was an honor. Thank you. Went sweet me. 